Welcome to another episode of Babe, You Gotta See This. I'm Kurt. And I'm Liv. And what are we talking about this week? This week you made me watch Avatar. Yep. Avatar The Last Airbender. Not the movie with the blue people or the bad movie that we we, sh- we won't talk about. Yet. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> okay. So I googled the TV show. Yeah. That's what I did. And this is the description that google came up with so the world is divided into four nations the water tribe the earth kingdom the fire nation and the air nomads each represented by a natural element for which the nation is named benders have the ability to control and manipulate the element from their nation but only the avatar is the master of the four of all four elements the ruthless fire nation wants to conquer the world but only the only bender who has enough power the avatar has disappeared until now his tribe soon discovers that Aang is the long-lost avatar. Now Katara and Sokka must safeguard Aang on his journey to master all four elements and save the world from the Fire Nation. And this is an older show. 2008, I think? It ended, so the first episode aired on February 21st of 2005. Oh. And the final episode was July 19th of 2008. Okay. So, we were, we were little. Seven. Yeah. Think. I'm not gonna check your math. I'm bad at math. Kurt wanted us to watch this. Yes, because it is a childhood favorite. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure I, I don't know if I ever caught it when it was first airing, because I might have been too young, but I definitely remember those times when they just had like the re rerun binges, right? Where it was just like the entire show in like a couple of days. I watch those all the time so i've seen the show a lot and i was very excited when it came to netflix i had never seen it ever because i have no childhood oh that's not true i had a childhood (laughs) just a different childhood my family was one of those families my mom didn't like nickelodeon She thought that everything on Nickelodeon was going to rot my brain. Mostly Spongebob, because we tried to watch Spongebob a lot. Spongebob is also a classic. Yeah, it's it's funny. The old, the classic episodes of Spongebob. You know, not the newer stuff. I don't know. Again, because at some point Spongebob got banned from my house. So we couldn't, we couldn't (laughs) watch Spongebob. Spongebob was also banned from my house. Really? Yeah, we watched it anyways. Sounds like your family. But I was also, I was just a Disney kid. I was very easily freaked out by things. I was definitely like a Disney princess. The animation styles were a lot less contemporary out there. I don't know what you'd want to, you know what I mean? The difference between like how Nickelodeon animations look and like. Nickelodeon was a little bit more exaggerated. It was a little bit more out there. And I didn't like it. <laughs> Nothing compared to Cartoon Network, though. Oh, gosh, no. I was terrified of Cartoon Network, too. I did not watch Cartoon Network. I was terrified, <laughs> except for Powerpuff Girls and Totally Spies. But besides that, I didn't watch any of that. I pretty much exclusively watched the Disney Channel as a kid, which I think is really all you need to know about me to explain why I am the way that I am now. It makes sense. Yeah, so I remember seeing the commercials for Avatar and just thinking, like, gross fighting war ugh, because that's boy stuff yeah pretty much because that's how (laughs) it was so i never watched it ever and i think around 2008 when it was ending actually no i think that i remember it ending and everybody talking a big deal about it and i think right before cora started airing 
was when my mom was like, Nickelodeon is banned. Okay. So I remember seeing everything about it and being like, why is this bald kid on the TV? But I never watched an episode. Why is this bald kid? Is that Caillou? (laughs) (laughs) I do think he looks like Caillou. But, um... Because he's bald and young? Yep. I guess those are two pretty distinctive features. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, but my good college friends, they did a huge Avatar rewatch one time. They did, like, a marathon of it because my friend owned all the DVDs. And so I remember I would sit there while they were watching it, but I always showed no interest in it. And they were always like, how do you not like Avatar? How do you not see it? And I was like, I don't know. I just don't care. So I would sit and like do homework or whatever, just hanging out with them. So I remember like bits and pieces of it and being like, wow, none of this makes any sense. As you normally think when you pick up in the middle of a series. Yes. (laughs) And so then it came to Netflix and everyone was like, well, you have no excuse now. You have to watch it. I didn't want to watch it because. You're stubborn. Yep. And then Kurt was like, I want to do it. My first pick on the podcast. And I was like, okay, fine. And originally... And it was originally supposed to be the first season. Yeah. We agreed that we would watch the first season. I would watch until the end of that, give it a shot. But I ended up finishing the whole thing because it's really good. And I was wrong. There, you have it on audio. I was wrong. It's a good show. I like it. <laughs> and now I'm... Now they added Cora to Netflix. And now I'm decent chunk of the way through the first season and kurt hasn't seen any of cora yet so i just when it came out when cora came out because i I was already an avatar avatar fan by the time cora started airing i just remember hearing nothing but negative reviews about it especially once the second season came out which i still hear people trash so to me it was always one of those things where i would have rather just let the show die and have it in a, a happy place <laughs> in my mind, you know, but I'll get around to it. Keep it on for that future episode when Kurt watches Cora. Okay, so I have a list of the main characters here and we'll talk about them. I'll let Kurt talk first because he has the long-standing history with the show. Okay, where are we starting? Okay, we'll start with, with the boy himself. Aang. The boy wonders. He's the avatar. Aang is the avatar. Great. Next person. <laughs> <laughs> Just cross that one right out. Uh, <laughs> so he's kind of this. He, I think he's. What is he? He's eleven when the show starts. Yeah. Like first. He's the one that looks like Caillou. He's the yes. bald kid. First episode. Aang is eleven. And the Avatar, there's only one Avatar at a time, and it is their responsibility to, like, protect the world, especially, like, nature and spiritual things. So, you have this 11-year-old kid who froze himself for the last hundred years accidentally, and is now thrust into a situation where he has to be, like, the last bastion against a fascist empire. Okay, yeah, but what do you think about him? This is all Baxter, but what do you think about the boy? I mean, I think he does a pretty good job for how much pressure he's under, right? Like he's for an eleven-year-old. For an eleven-year-old, right. he did it a right job. No, he said, "I gonna sound like a broken record by the end of this, but he's a well-written character." I don't think, like, you know, he'd be a little whiny at times. Sometimes he's a little bit—he doesn't take things seriously. 
because you know he's 11. But... A little a little background. Kurt's, Kurt's a will-be English major and film and movie junkie. So he's all about the plot, the character development, <laughs> all that. All that jazz. All that storyline and stuff like that. I will say that that how Aang interacts with Katara when he's like struggling to come to terms with his crush on her very much reminds me of myself. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> that that like middle middle school Kurt connected to that real hard, where I just didn't know how to express to people that I liked them. Well, and I will say one of the things that I think is really really good about the show is that. I think a lot of the times, especially now that we have had a big wave of dystopian novels and stuff like that of teens saving the world coming into fashion, I guess. But I like the fact that they make it very clear how old these kids are and they don't age them up. Like he he's 11 and, and he he's the savior like of the world, but he old. acts like an 11 year old. I want to punch he's him sometime. He's a big old goofball. I will say, Kurt does no trivia, so I will say I do like the fact that they mention, because, like, he's got an arrow on his head. And I was like, why does this kid have an arrow on his head? And Kurt was like, that's how you know that you become an airbending master. Yeah, so you and, get your tattoos when you become an airbending master. And Kurt and told me. 36 forms of airbending. Yeah. And Aang only mastered 35, but he invented the air scooter which is a new form of airbending. And because he invented it, he kind of got de facto master status because he mastered 36 forms, even though one of them was one that he invented. No, Aang is cute. It's fun to watch him grow up. Yes. It's... He matures a lot throughout the show. Yeah. He's just fun. Aang is just always fun. Aang, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Love him. Katara. Katara's a badass. She's my homegirl. She's the de facto mom of the group. I'm stupidly protective of Katara because everybody I know that has watched the show has said that I'm I'm Katara. It's fairly accurate. So, I love her. She's great. I think it's Katara is also really fun to watch from the first couple episodes where she's clearly just struggling to do any sort of water bending. Mm -hmm. To the end of the series, where she is just one of the best waterbenders in the world, just clearly. Mm -hmm. I will say, going off of her and Aang, one of my favorite things in the show is when her and Aang... I do like how he kisses her, and she's like, I don't really know how to feel. And I do like how later, then he kisses her again, and she's blatantly like, you shouldn't have done that, because I explicitly set boundaries. And I really like that, because I think that's a really good message to be sending a lot of kids who probably were feeling in situations like Aang where he was like oh I like this girl I should kiss her when it's like no you shouldn't if they don't want not you to always kiss the best them. idea so I like that they put that in there because I thought that that was that's another thing I just like about the show in general is it treats the relationships as very real mm -hmm. right because a lot of shows it's really easy to write a love story between two characters and just go, well, these two characters are going to fall in love and that's that, right? It's yeah. just clean cut. Once they start expressing feelings for each other, it never stops. It just continues to ramp up. But Avatar does a really good job of, of like displaying the complexity of character relations. It feels real and mm -hmm. I like that a lot. But on the other hand, I like that Aang and Katara's relationship, well, I feel like a lot of people 
talk about it because obviously when you want them to get together, you want them to get together. But it's so little of the actual show. Yes. Like it's It's a side note. Yeah. Like, and that's really refreshing because I mean, it was kind of obvious from the first episode, like, oh, there's going to be something between Katara and Aang. Well, I think when Aang sees her, there's like a slow-mo, right? Yeah. Something, probably something like that because he's nerd and I love him. But like, (laughs) it's like so little and- they're really mature about it for, like, kids. I mean, Katara is, what, like, 14? Yeah. And it's just, like, they don't let it get in the way. They're better at being friends who have feelings for each other, better than most adults. Yes. And the show writers do an amazing job of not having that be Katara's only purpose. If we're talking about the, the like, the four main characters from season ones and two... She's probably my second favorite. If we're throwing Zuko in there, she's probably my third favorite. She's my favorite. I, I respect that. She's tied with somebody else, but it's fine. We'll get there in a minute. Next is Sokka. Sokka. Sokka has himbo energy. Aang is a goofball. Sokka's just kind of dumb. <laughs> but in an endearing way. See, right? you remind me of Sokka. Sokka, Sokka says some dumb things, and he's not the most socially adept, but he's smart, right? He's smart when it counts. Well, and I think that's the thing that I like about him, is that he's so smart, but not in a conventional, conventional book smart way. way. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, at the end of the series, you realize that even though they always make jokes, because Sokka's not a bender. We should say that. Aang airbender. He's the, the last airbender as the show. And the avatar. And so the avatar. he can bend everything. Hence the show name, Avatar the Last Airbender. Yes. <laughs> uh, Katara is a waterbender, but Sokka can't bend anything. Nope. He's got a boomerang. He's got a boomerang which and is, then later a sword. Which is dope. A moon sword. But And so it's weird. Star sword. Because they put him... It seems like, oh, well, Sokka can't bend. But when you like look back at the show as a whole, like they would not be anywhere. Oh no, he's he's the he, he's the strategist of the group. He's awesome. And, and I, I read something online where it was like as Aang is learning the four elements, Sokka's learning like the four fighting styles. Mm-hmm. Right? Like cause he kinda goes on his own journey of growth throughout the series where he's learning kind of just how to you know, f- use his skills to fight alongside people who are benders. Which is impressive, mm-hmm. and honestly, like like he he comes up with the idea for the Fire Nation invasion. He comes up with the uh, like he stops a lot of the airships from ever reaching the Earth Kingdom in the last episode. He's kind of a battle genius mm-hmm. for how dumb he acts. And Sokka is sixteen, fifteen when the show starts somewhere. Around I think there. so. Yeah, and Sokka and Katara are siblings. Yes, so from that's... the Southern Water Tribe. Yup. Uh, shout out to Grand Grand. We won't talk about her because she don't really show up, but I love Grand Grand. <laughs> yeah, she's there for what? For like two seconds. Two episodes, I think she appears in. Yes. Maybe even just one. Yeah, so just shout out to Grand Grand. So next we'll go to Toph. <laughs> Who is my favorite of the the f- main four? If you don't like Toph, I don't know what to say to you. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. Easily see that one of my you. favorite episodes. When the gang actually meets Toph is one of my favorite episodes. Yes. And it's an incredible introduction to the character. So background on Toph. She is... Is she the youngest? 
Yes. She's 10, right? I She's either 10 or she's Aang's age. Yeah, so she's young and she comes from like the richest family. The Bayfongs. Yeah, in the Earth Kingdom. And she's blind. And so everybody like kind of babies her. But she learns how to earthbend from moles. Yeah, the, uh, the, the badger moles. The badger Which moles. are the original earthbenders. She is essentially going in pro-bending tournaments where she just beats up... These grown men. It, it's... She's amazing, and... The boulder is feeling conflictions about fighting a young girl. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, like, she's everything. She's so sassy. Toph is blind, and... She just hates it when people baby her because of it yeah and the thing is like they do such a good job of having that kind of representation and i am not blind so i can't say but from what i've read online a lot of people who are blind seem to appreciate it as well because they also treat it as a strength it is that's why she's so good it's one of those things where toff she had a flaw and then she used it to get better at other things because she uses earthbending to see, right? Mm-hmm. So she is basically using something that is seen as a disadvantage as an advantage. Because instead of just seeing things happening, she's feeling everything happen around her. And it makes her able to react to things that somebody who's seeing based off of sight just couldn't. Like, it's nuts. She's also a straight savage. Yes. Like, the- she calls Aang Twinkle Toes. Just so good. I She's just... called Katara Princess a bunch. Yeah. I love the friendship that shows up between her and Katara because, of course, they hate each other at the beginning. Yes. But then they grow to become really, really good friends. It's amazing. Also, so nobody can bend metal. These people, basically Toss family, is trying to get her back. So they lock her in a metal box so that she can't get out. And then she literally just says, fine, I'm going to learn how to bend metal. And then just does it. Yeah, she just she uses does her it. ability to kind of like punches the metal and like feels that it's like refined earth. Basically, hits it apart at its weak points, which is nuts. Toph is the best, and I think that if Aang wasn't the Avatar and couldn't go into the Avatar state, Toph would kick his ass a hundred and ten percent if he couldn't access yes. the Avatar state. Well, she's no the best Earthbender who's ever lived. Yes, no at, question. Like, ten, ten years old. <laughs> she's incredible. I love her. She's sassy. Zuko. Zuko is my second favorite of the main characters once they all come together. The banished prince of the Fire Lord. Zuko, I, I I think I also connected to Zuko a lot because Zuko kind of won family troubles. I really felt like a strong connection between Zuko and his relationship with his family because I've never had the best relationship with my family. And that like Everything Zuko does is to try to, like, honor his family and to make his, like, dad proud of him, pretty much. And it takes almost the entire show for him to realize that the things that he needs to do to make his dad proud are not the things that he wants to do. And then you have, like, this whole new character. It's it's Zuko's arc, I think, is hands down... One of the best arcs ever for a TV show character. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, I, I'll i be honest. I don't have many strong feelings towards Zuko. I never went through like an emo phase <laughs> in my childhood. 
So I can't say I connect to Zuko like other people connect to Zuko. I never, I, I always thought he was a good character in terms of watching, but I never felt strongly about him one way or another until he showed up in the third season and was like, hey, Zuko here. And then it was over. And then I was like, I will die to protect this boy. Like, I love him. His hair game, incredible. Best glow up in the show. Best glow up. Yeah, kind of like you. I was never bald. And I also never yeah. had a ponytail. Yeah, he's just fun. Every time I go back and rewatch the show, it's like jarring to me that he has that ponytail. I feel bad. And I love Tylee. I love not Tylee. I love him and May. Yes. They're they're the emo couple dream. Like they're just And his re- his relationship with Uncle Iroh is also just beautiful. And yes. that's mostly because Uncle Iroh is just an amazing character we'll get to that later one of my best character interactions in the show is with zuko and it's when they're talking about relationships on the hot air balloon (laughs) and Sokka goes my first girlfriend turned into the moon and zuko just goes that's that's rough buddy (laughs) i love him okay who's next who do i have next on the list azula zuko's evil sister i love azula I love Azula. No, I think she's a great character. I will say one thing that I really respect is that like so often you have evil evil characters that are just evil because well, not even that. Like they give them that shot at a redemption arc. You know what I mean? Like there's some redeemable quality about them where you're like, "Oh man, I really want them to, you know, get to the right place at the end." Which is Kind of like Zuko. Yes, that's what Zuko... The entire time you're like, come on, Zuko, you can get there. Azula, they really said we're going to make this girl a psychopath. And they just made her... Like, she is a psychopath. The thing the thing and about I Azula that I really like is that Azula succeeded at being the thing Zuko wanted to be, but couldn't. Because Azula doesn't really have morals. So she's able to just live to make her father proud... Which is just by being a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Because if, if she had any amount of, like, empathy, she couldn't... I don't think she would have been able to do the things that she did to get to the place that she was. Oh, God, no. Which is, like, it's really cool to me because it's, like, you have this, like, 14-year-old girl, right, who has clearly just been manipulated her entire life into being... Like, a ruthless leader and a killing machine, really. Like, a puppet for her for her father. And it's, like, you can kind of see how, like... Like, especially in the last couple episodes where you see her interacting with Ozai more. You can kind of see that it's clearly... Like, Ozai talks to her in a way that he doesn't talk to anyone else. It's very manipulative. Again, Kurt's really all about the character writing and development... I love that she's crazy. Like, that's the only reason. Like, I love the fact that she's absolutely insane. She's a powerful woman and she doesn't give a damn about anybody. And in a weird way, I respect it. Well, you'd be stupid not to respect it. Yeah, I mean, she's completely evil. And by no means am I saying what she does is good or right. But the fact that she is like, I'm the best firebender ever. Fight me. I love it. I love the sheer confidence and power. I love her little girl gang. They're everything to me, that little trio. 
Ty Lee and uh, Ty Lee and yep. May. We'll just throw them in here combined right now. Incredible. Ty Lee and May are great. They're just great. And I love that they even give her the chance with them to make it seem like, oh, see, she can be nice. She has friends. She can be. No, they don't even let her redeem herself there. She's incredibly manipulative to her friends. Oh, my gosh. I just love that they really went floored it on yeah, making it her was, horrible. It, there's no stops. It, it was just zero to 100. Best outfits in the show, I will say. Number one, Fire Nation Katara. Number two, Tylee's crop top ensemble. So just crop tops. Crop tops. But those two specifically. Anybody with a crop top. I'm trying to think of what my... I, I've always been a big fan of the Kyoshi Warrior look. That's good too. I will say... UA. Part of my queen. Qu- everything about UA is perfect. Part of my queer awakening. Sokka dressed up like a Kyoshi Warrior. That makes total sense. Let's be Kyoshi Warriors. Right. Breaking down gender barriers. Let's do it. For Halloween? No, just for life. For life. Yeah, I'd be a Kyoshi warrior for life. Why not? Yeah, so Azula, 10 out of 10. I will say, I'm Kurt is not on TikTok. I am on TikTok. <laughs> there is a girl who does a really good Azula impression, and she has a little mini series where <clears throat> she gives speeches as Azula at different characters' weddings from the show. They're very, very funny. I Olivia has all. sent me some of them. They are entertaining. They're really good. Next up, I put Suki on there. Who, who is, is the Kyoshi the Warrior. The Kyoshi Warrior. And I love that she disappears. And then just comes back. And then back. just comes back. <laughs> comes back swinging and better than ever. She's the one who, even if you don't like, I don't know why you wouldn't like Suki, but she she finds Appa. Yes. So, 100% hero, no matter what. But She did her best. If she wasn't attacked by Azula and the girl power team, then she probably would have gotten Appa safely back to Aang. Yeah, she's just great. Another note, Ty Lee becomes a Kyoshi warrior. Yes. Which is just perfect. And Ty Lee is a chi blocker, which is a really cool thing that they threw it's in. It's so cool. If you don't know or you don't remember, chi blocking... When you get your chi blocked, you can't bend. And doesn't she teach that to the other Kyoshi warriors yep. too? Which means that they're like they're like an elite anti bender force now. It's just so cool. Like, uh, I just love the writers of the show because they just they just had good ideas. Yep. They just thought of everything. <laughs> and they didn't hold back. That's the other thing. They didn't go, Well, maybe that's too much. Mm-hmm. They kinda just it seems like every good idea they had found its way into the show. Yeah. And I love Suki, and I love her relationship with Sokka, and I love how... I think they're good for each other. They are, and I love that she gives him space when he needs it, because there was a thing going on with them, and then Sokka met his girlfriend, who turned into the moon, and Suki comes back, and he's like, she can see that he's clearly dealing with something, and she just gives him space, and she lets him have his, you know, time to process. I just love how the the children in the show act more mature if i could be as emotionally stable as these children i think i'd be in a better place yeah who else do i have oh i have uncle iroh who is my favorite character in the show yeah i'll just let you go off for a little bit uncle iroh is he's like he's zuko's uncle but he is clearly zuko's father figure right everything uncle iroh has ever done in the show at least since we the since the first episode is to better Zuko, 
the man is sacrificing the later part of his life to like help his nephew mm-hmm. and it's 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 hinted at that that's mostly because um Iroh lost his own son so he thinks of Zuko as his own right but he is he is an amazing father figure like if if you're a dad and you have kids or you're going to have kids you could look at Iroh and how he interacts with Zuko as like a role model like it's yeah. it's amazing <laughs> they somehow managed to make him represent every every older f- leader figure that anybody has had in their life he reminds me so much of my nana and like they just managed to do that i will say my thing about uncle iroh love him to death uh, my favorite is his tea shop journey the jade dragon yeah where he gets a tea shop and then he has to leave it and it's horribly sad Yes. Like, horribly sad that this man is to leave his, his tea shop. His life dream is to run a tea shop. And he finally gets it, and then, like, the world collapses, so he has to leave it. And it's really not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of everything going on, but it's heartbreaking. And then he gets it back. He gets it and back. And that's the best. Another thing I will say about Uncle Iroh is that there is a there is a huge thing where, like, you're like, oh, I love Uncle Iroh. He's so sweet. I love him. And then you'll watch the tales of, what is it? The tales of Ba Sing Se. Yes. And you'll weep like and, a, a baby. And it comes out of nowhere. And it is, it is beautiful. It is truly beautiful. It, it really kind of, it shows a side of Iroh that you don't really see of him being just, like, incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and the girls of Ba Sing Se is a straight banger. Yeah. No questions asked. I will say, one of the things I really love about Uncle Iroh is that it could have been so easy to just make him, like, the lazy, fat, peace-loving man, right? And that he still could have been a good father figure for Zuko. Mm-hmm. He could have led him to a more peaceful life of, like, stronger ethics and morals, right? Which he he could have done that. But what I really like about how they wrote the character is that he's not just a fat, lazy old man who loves tea and pie show you know and and sings with the the ship crew he's all of that and also a badass he could take anyone in the show in a fight he's he is technically the best firebender that's ever lived correct one of yeah he learned fire he he learned firebending from the like the masters which are dragons and then lied about killing the last two dragons so other people wouldn't hunt them because it was popular to hunt dragons at the time all the other dragons are extinct except for these two because of uncle iroh he's a hero he's a king he teaches zuko like how to fight based off of styles of all the four nations because he's he was like the avatar can only bend all four elements but that doesn't mean you shouldn't look to the other elements for inspiration because he's like his whole thing is about balance so he teaches his nephew to be balanced it's great i love it love him he's king that's, that's he's the I best character say. in the show and then finally we'll talk about um Ozai, I guess. He's around for the entire show, but I can't say that I remember anything about him. The thing... Besides the fact that he burned his his child son in the eye. Yeah, I've heard really mixed opinions about Ozai. I personally think he's a great villain because you have a bunch of kids, right, who are scared to death of this this man and I think the show did a really good job of like keeping him in the shadows so he's like this ominous, looming inevitability 
until the end of the show. And then you see him in like the like halfway through season three. And he's just a normal looking guy. Yeah. So you have this idea the the because for the majority of the show, you only see either his silhouette or his back. You never see what he looks like fully from the front. And it kind of like it builds your perception of this monster because all you see of him is him either being incredibly mean, ordering bad things to happen or literally fighting his son to the death, which ends in like the permanent scarring of Zuko and his banishment. So it's like it built it builds this ominous looming figure in your mind and he's literally just a normal guy. He's not a normal guy, but when you see him you're like that's it. Like it's so disarming. His face is disarming. I guess I don't know Kurt thinks about that kind of stuff. I don't think about Ozai ever. I think it was really well done. Uh, yeah, I mean for me I never thought about it because it was like Ozai was always like the big bad off screen, but that was never really the thing. It was like they would always say the root of it was, well, the Fire Nation's gonna attack and we need to solve it. But that was never really what they were worried about. It was never it was the mostly problems Azula were never really about that. And, and even Zuko. Yeah, or just like their own personal struggle of like trying to figure out what they had to do to better themselves. Yeah. So like he was like the underlying cause of it all, but it was never really about him. So I never really thought about him. And I was like, yeah, he's a bad guy, whatever. Standard bad guy. <laughs> Standard bad guy. Mark Hamill did a really good job voice acting. I him. forgot that that's Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker is Fire Lord Ozai. I changed my mind. I love Ozai 10 out of 10. Um, okay, let's talk about our favorite episodes or moments. Let's try to keep it brief, because if I, we had to go on, we could literally go on un, for another hour. Unironically, I think my favorite episode is uh, Tunnel of Two Lovers. Secret Tunnel. Yeah. Secret Tunnel. I will say, that song is great, but personally, Through my favorite the of the songs they sing is uh, Don't Let the Cave and Get You Down. <laughs> Don't Let the Falling Rocks Turn Your Smile Into a Frown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It gets me every time. And it's 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 really like as far as the episodes go, it's a really lighthearted one, but it tells you a lot about the personalities of each of the characters, and I think it's it's just it's choice. It's good. Her and I were looking, and it's hard to pick a favorite episode. The beach is also great. Yes. The beach episode is incredible. The volleyball scene makes me laugh. Yeah. Every time. Here, here's my, my take on the beach. It, it shows how much <laughs> the being raised in those specific circumstances affected those kids. Because they're teenagers, right? But they don't act like teenagers. It's... Sh- like it it the entire episode is them interacting with normal teenagers and it just shows how incapable they are of acting like teenagers they're child soldiers right and like that episode really puts into perspective how distanced they are from a normal life that's all i gotta say i would like to say that i'm smart too and i know kurt likes to politically wax on about all these meanings of everything like that and even though i'm I just like things because I like them. I'm smart too. I want to throw that one in there. You are smart. That being said, I just I I like my my takes. Kurt has a lot I'm of more hot involved. takes. Kurt has a lot of takes, and this isn't even all of them. So I'm being restrained. 
I'm restraining you. That being said, I like the waterbending master episode in season one because I like watching Katara beat up that sexist old guy. <laughs> Ma- uh, I have no, yeah, I yeah. have no no political statement, no philosophy. I like Katara kicking the sexist man's butt, and I think it's great. I like the deep episodes and yeah. Cave of Two Lovers. I mean, I just Tunnel of Two Lovers, which whatever one. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Uh, they're just great. Oh, two characters that we didn't talk about that we'll throw out there. Don't really need to talk about them because they're just great. 101 out of 10. Momo and Appa. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You don't even need to say anything else about it. Just look up pictures of them. They're helpful when they need to be. Appa is Momo. Momo is it. And it, it, would, be, it would be a sin um, for me if I didn't mention my homeboy, King Boomy. Because I love King Boomy, and Olivia is scared of him. He's terrifying. King, I, I respect him. King Boomy is like, as much as I want to be Uncle Iroh, I feel like I'm going to end up like King Boomy, Boomy when I'm older. You will. Just an absolute off-the-wall, bonkers, nuts old man. Yeah. Any other, any other favorite moments? I like when... Sokka gets his boomerang back after they get hit. He loses his boomerang, and then later in the episode, they get attacked by the people that he lost the boomerang to, and it was, like, in a backpack that he cut open, and he goes, boomerang, you always come back. I love that moment. I love Sokka training of Master Pian Dao. That whole episode That is whole great. montage of him training is top-tier comedy. Yes. Um, C- cactus juice? When they're in the juice. desert, and Sokka a lot of trips these are like, Sokka, Sokka clips. I like when uh, Sokka and Katara are sick, and she goes, "Momo, you need to get us water." My favorite part and of Momo- that is when it cuts to Momo's perspective, and it's just like because Momo just doesn't understand what she's saying. And you, and then it cuts back to them, and they're just surrounded by everything that isn't water. Um. I also love when Aang goes to Fire Nation school and he gets sent to the principal's office and Sokka and Katara have to pretend to be his parents. It's like, what, what's his, what did he, Wong Fire, this is my wife, Sapphire. Yeah. And Katara's like, Sapphire, set of, their last name was Fire, yeah, so Sapphire Fire, nice to meet you. I like it whenever Aang says Flamio. Flamio, my good hotman. <laughs> What is, what did they, in the episode where they go to Omashu, what do they call, what, because Aang pretends to be an old man, Pippipetamopolis, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I love anything with Yue. She's just really sweet. She's really, really great. I do like right at the last episode, right at the end of this, when Aang has to fight the Fire Lord and he doesn't want to kill him. And so he communes with all the past avatars and Avatar Kyoshi is like, no, murder him absolutely murder him yeah destroy him she was like ang is like well you didn't kill him you didn't kill chen Chen the conqueror like he killed himself out of his own arrogance he fell off the cliff because he refused to move and she goes personally i don't see the difference (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like how all of them are like wow ang that's really admirable you gotta kill this man (laughs) (laughs) so that's pretty much avatar so in in five sentences or less why do you like this show i like it because i think the the relationships are real i think the story is incredibly well written i think it's fun it has a good art style it has a good pacing and i i I just 
think it I think you should watch it and it's not a huge time commitment if you if you watched through the first season at least if you don't like it stop watching it but I think you will like it um after watching it for the first time I really really liked it I would say the big thing for me is that it's a kid show but I like kid shows that don't treat kids like they're idiots and so a lot of the times if you just show kids good examples of growth and learning and how to treat other people kids catch on to that and they go I want to be like Aang I'm gonna treat people respectfully and stuff like that and so I like it because they don't dumb it down and that also makes it really enjoyable for older people I mean we're in we're 20 our 20s and I watched it for the first time and I was like I feel like this is a good takeaway yeah for everybody it's just a I really mean, enjoyable show. I still look up to things that Iroh does or some of the other characters that is just good moral compasses. It's solid. Yes, and my final shout out is the score for the entire show is beautiful. It's incredibly it's well done. It's unreal and there are tons of lo-fi mixes of it on YouTube and that's what I do all my work to. Also, the animators did a phenomenal job. It isn't incredibly well animated yeah i will say now now that i've seen it i understand why everybody loves it so much and so like we said it is now on netflix so you can go ahead and watch it they just added legend of Korra, which is the spinoff on netflix as well so you can go ahead and watch that right away if you want to feel pain you could watch the horrible live action movie it's not good if you want to feel pain and uh you should watch it just to see how bad it is yeah just to be because kurt was like it's bad and i was like it can't be that bad and then i watched it and i was like oh this is scary It, it catches you off guard no matter how prepared you are we both say yes we recommend you watch I Avatar. give this one 10 oppas out of 10 oppas. Sounds like a <laughs> raving review. <laughs> My friend Trevor, who's incredibly cynical, said that he liked it, he thought it was good, but he didn't understand why Aang had reservations about killing certain people when some of the things he did in some of the earlier episodes obviously killed people. He said that was confusing, but he's a cynic. So if he enjoyed the if he enjoyed it despite that Trevor, if you're listening to this, I'm rolling my eyes right now. Of course you would say that. It's a children's show. But he was his his thing was like he was like, I get it's a children's show, but he did things in other episodes that just straight up killed people. Like there are things I have he, seen a lot of memes there, about. There that. are things that Aang has done that like there's no way somebody walked it off. Okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> Aang wouldn't kill somebody. If somebody had to end it, it would be Toph. And they couldn't end it that way. Off would she would. Off? I was gonna say Toph <laughs> would off somebody and it just kinda slurred together. Well anyway, that's it for this episode. Unless Kurt, you wanna say anything else? Goo goo gaga. Insights from Kurt, as <laughs> always. But Thank you for listening to this episode of Baby Gotta See This. Next week, it's my pick. Yep. Do you want to say what it is? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know why we're saying week. We don't actually know if this is going to be a weekly thing. Probably won't be. Probably won't be. Next we- episode is Olivia's The pick. next episode is my pick. <laughs> and we're going to watch one of my favorite shows ever. New Girl. Which we've watched a couple episodes already. Yes. And I'm going to make her so finish like the first it. season. So So far, I like it. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. Stay tuned. Yeah, so thank you for listening. I'm Olivia. I'm Kurt. Goodbye.
It's a long, long way to Ba Sing Se, but the girls in the city, they look so pretty.